Here we go. That is the sound of bell of round number four, fight number six, Pacific Coast boxing. Here we go. Punches and bunches. Shoe shines in the corner. Hot sauce to the ribs. Ranchos al hígado. When in doubt, stick it out. Duro, duro, duro. And one more I heard over the weekend, Rick. Con ánimo, cabrón. <laughs> that's, that's the way you got to do it. That's exactly yeah. right, man. So I may have picked one up. I don't think I'll include that as part of every intro, Rick. Uh -huh. But here we are, Pacific Coast boxing. Boy, I'll tell you what, uh, amazing experience, but glad we're back here safe in the United States. But I'll tell you what, Mexico definitely was good to us watching the Jaime Munguia fight there, Rick. Yeah, no, definitely, you know, still recovering from, from this past weekend. A lot of boxing that, that uh, we were in attendance for and that we watched, you know, on TV. Yeah, exactly, man. I mean, geez, it started for us uh, Friday night mm -hmm. with uh, Thompson Boxing, of course, New Blood. We attended that on behalf of Pacific Coast Boxing. Um, pictures will be uploaded here in the next day to PacificCoastBoxing.com. Got some great shots of all the fighters. You know, Ruben Torres. Boy, if your last name was Zarate, it wasn't wasn't too good of uh, a night, Rick. Yeah, not, not a good night. Uh, you know, San Pedro, you know, it was rough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But Ruben Torres, Ace Torres, of course, mm -hmm. looked phenomenal. Louis Lopez from yeah. Corona, California, gave us a show. Sean Brewer, of course, the upset of mm -hmm. Ivan Zarate. So that was a cool night. Right, a little shout-out. I know um, you probably spent more time with Stacks at ringside. Yeah. Um, just a, a handful of knowledge. Uh, of course, want to thank Mario Serrano from Thompson Boxing Promotions, mm -hmm. always for supporting us. And then, uh, and then my camera brother Raimundo Diosis Rick, who has donated, and we'll take a picture of it here soon for Instagram. An Eric Morales signed boxing glove to the uh, standing eight count studios, Rick. No, oh, yeah, beautiful glove. You know, I think it's black glove with mm -hmm. the with the silver uh, sharpie. That's right. You know, it looks really nice. Yeah, that's right. But what a week, right? So, you know, so we had an exciting night again. We passed uh, the uh, the new blood on Friday. And then, of course, uh, to TJ we went yeah. and watched the Jaime Munguia fight in the in the bull ring there, in the, uh, the right by the ocean. And then, of course, you had the Cal Brook con fight. We yeah. were catching that, of course, watching that safely uh, on uh, the way there. On the, yeah, on the, on the drive down. Yeah, 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 that's exactly right, man. So we got a lot to cover. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, and then, of course, you had the Jorge Linares fight yeah. that took place uh, in the early morning. It was about 9.30 I was watching that fight. Yeah, and we'll talk about that. I mean, I think that uh, safe to say that that's probably it mm -hmm. for, uh, you know, one of our favorite fighters. We've seen him fight quite yeah. a few times. Uh, saw him at the Fantasy Springs on a number of occasions. Got a chance to sit down and talk to him. But probably his, uh, you know, his glory days are done. Yeah, you know, a couple of fighters this weekend, you know, you could probably lump in Amir Khan. Yeah, you know, the, yeah. The, the, that might be the last time. We'll probably see yeah. Lenares again. I think so, but, too. But, but Khan, you know, that, that's probably it for, for Amir Khan. More than likely. Yeah. More than likely it is, yeah. So we got a lot to cover. Mm -hmm. Again, we'll get, you know, I really want to talk about uh, really everything, but, but, but certainly the fights in TJ, um, the amazing experience, the venue, the fans. I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. Yeah, no, yeah, lo loved it down at TJ. You know, great experience. I like. I feel like we have to be down there more often. 
Yeah, no, I yeah. agree. I agree. And I'll tell you, you know, um, I don't know what the crowd, uh, what the what the what the attendance numbers mm-hmm. were yet. I don't think they've announced it. You think it was about half full? Yeah, I, I would probably put it at about maybe twelve, thirteen, yeah, thousand people. Yeah, you know, but um, you know, it it felt like a lot more because yeah. the fans were really into it. Yeah, very intimate, right? Very intimate mm-hmm. uh, scene there, and the way it's set up, right? A barrage of food and snacks, Rick. Yeah. Right, no shortage of that. Like you know, food that uh, we're not used to seeing at fights. That's you know, exactly how, right. How many times have you had you know chicharrones? You know, yeah, that's right. Being sold, that's you know, right. you're more like uh, ribs with, <laughs> yep. with the skin and the meat. You that's know, right. F- you know, fried. Yep, yep. The beef jerky essentially uh-huh. with a little bit of lemon. Any type of bag of chips you wanted yeah. with the chili and the lime. They would open it up, shake it up for you. Ne- never seen cotton candy. You yeah, know, cotton and, candy. And, and, and the guy was you know. The tricolor, you know, you got the pink, you got the blue, you got the purple. Yep. Any kind of adult beverage pretty much you wanted Mm -hmm. served, you know, for those that for those of you that were drinking, right, serving it to you right at your seat um, and and everything else, you know, they they just do it right. But we'll talk about that fight and obviously, you know, the fight portion of it and Mm -hmm. what's coming next. Um, I was reading the Ring magazine, Rick, before. This is round four, and I, and I do have a fight that I know that will resonate with you. But um, doing some rearranging here in the studio, and I ran across a 2017 Ring magazine, 100 Best Fighters in the World. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, this was um, 2017. Mm-hmm. So pretty interesting, right? Let, let me give you the, the, no, the, the top 10 fighters. Okay. And you'll see there's only a few left from 2017. Okay. Number one, Chocolatito. Yeah. Number two, Sergey Kovalov. Three, Triple G. Four, Andre Ward. Five, Terrence Crawford. Oh, wow. He's already there. Six, <laughs> Guillermo Rigondeau. No, oh, no. In action this weekend. Yeah. Seven, Lomachenko. Eight, Alvarez. Nine, Shinsuke Yamanaka. And number 10, Carl Frampton. Oh, wow. Pretty interesting, yeah, huh? There's only like about three, four that are still pretty active. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I and mean, maybe one or two that are... Yeah. In our in our top ten. Yeah. Well, yeah, the only ones of or, this list that are in top ten was Canelo, uh Lomachenko was no, in yours. Oh, and then uh and Crawford. Crawford three. Yeah, but everybody else, number one, two, three, and four. Mm-hmm. I mean Triple G is still in some people's list. Yeah. But pretty interesting, right? The crusher at number two just oh, five wow. years ago. Yeah. And and you know, and you look at Chocolatito, right, who was number one for a little bit, you know, he's seemingly made like a comeback over the last year. Mm-hmm. Is putting himself back on the map again. Pretty interesting. Yeah. All right, Rick. It is round number four. We always talk about a fight that resonates with us. It has to end in round number four. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fight that resonates, which I think you will appreciate, Rick, was the very first Julio Cesar Chavez and Oscar De La Hoya. This was in 1996. Was this was their first clash, Rick mm-hmm. De La Hoya by TKO in round four? I know you remember that fight, Rick. No, remember that fight. You know, I think uh, they stopped it because of uh, severe bleeding on, on Chavez's lip. Yeah. Um, you know, interesting that you know we would bring this one up because both guys were in attendance this weekend. That's right. At the fights in TJ. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's what was very uh, ironic that this yeah. would be the fight. This was the fight I've mentioned that uh, we saw on closed circuit at the Honda Center mm-hmm. in Anaheim because you couldn't watch it any other yeah. way. You know, they showed this fight, um, and I think there's a documentary. Is there a documentary about this one? It, uh, they just released it. I think yeah. uh, it's on uh, DAZN. Oh, is yeah, it? Okay. So. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Um, it'll be interesting 
But um, but I told you, and they were showing this fight during COVID, and they were showing mm-hmm. it on ESPN or etc. Classic fights. See, I forgot that Julio Cesar Chavez was actually still in his prime. This was not like a, a Chavez way past his prime. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just De La Hoya was just too big, too fast, too young, right? Yeah, I think he was uh, ninety six one and one. You know when when he had uh, taken this fight. Right, right. I mean, his only his only loss was the you know the infamous loss to Frankie Randall, mm-hmm. which that, is two years earlier. Right. So, but other than that, mm-hmm. right now you could say, well, maybe he was on the other side of it. But yeah. but I see, I forgot. But I looked at it, and man, he was still young, right? Mm-hmm. But but again, but undersized, right? De La Hoya was a yeah. was a De La Hoya was a monster at, at at that weight. De La Hoya is five ten, five eleven, and yeah. uh, you know Chavez is like maybe five four, five five. Right. Or right. they have him listed at five seven and a half, but I don't think five seven and a half. No way. No, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. And this fight was was essentially uh, for the super lightweight. So the so this was at one hundred and forty, mm-hmm. right? So you could imagine De La Hoya at one hundred and forty, and you could say what you want, right? Like this De La Hoya, you know, probably beats or gives uh, Manny Pacquiao a better fight, right? Yeah. But this De La Hoya at, at this age and at that point, pretty much unbeatable at that point, Rick. Yeah, no, he, he was uh, aggressive, and uh, he really wanted to make a statement yeah. uh, in this fight that, yeah. uh, you know, he's the best Mexican fighter around. And I'll tell you what was interesting, right, when you go back to to our fights on um, on Saturday night, right, they introduced both of them, mm-hmm. right? They introduced De La Hoya first, right, yeah. and nothing but jeers, Rick. Yeah, no. Right? Nothing but jeers, you know. When they whistle, those are that's booing for them, right? Yeah. But yeah, not not a very uh, positive response, not a mm-hmm. not a positive affirmation from the Mexican fans. As soon as they announce Chavez, of course, forget it, right? Yeah, no, no, it's Chavez, you know, legend. You know, everybody loves him. Yeah, and uh, you know, still looking pretty good in the ring. Yeah, you know? yeah, he still looks pretty good. Well, again, you know, he's done a lot of good things, right? Yeah. He quit drinking, and he has a place that he opened up to help other people with issues and whatnot. But, but it just goes to show you that even to this day, um, the you know the 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 Mexicans, right? Mm-hmm. They never really bought in to to De La Hoya, yeah, in his Mexican American heritage. It just never worked. Yeah, and I, th- I think we had, uh, you know, my my cousin and I had a discussion ab- yeah. about it. You know what? What do you think it was? Just because he was probably more American. Yeah. You know, he was on the American Olympic team. Right. Um, was he just not Mexican enough? Yeah. I think it's, you know, we'll talk about it, right? It's like the, the what was it? The uh, the third fight of the night, which mm-hmm. was probably the most competitive fight. Um, that, that fight tells you kind of all you need to know because um, everybody was going for the underdog. Yeah. Right? That's kind of who they were cheering for. I'm talking about uh, Diego Torres Nunes beats um, Jonathan Escobedo Martinez. Mm-hmm. That fighter, Jonathan Escobedo Martinez, like he exemplifies everything that Mexicans want to see in the fighter, yeah. Rick, right? Somebody who doesn't give up, somebody that goes for it, right? Somebody that had to earn their way to where they're at. Mm-hmm. And I think that the Mexican fans, I don't think they ever saw De La Hoya that way. Yeah. The golden boy, right? Even yeah. though obviously, you know, he had to fight and earned his way there, doesn't matter. Yeah. So so I don't think they see him as that blue collar. They just don't see him as one of the own. Yeah. And and n- not a kid either that had it, you know, good as a kid. Right. You know, he grew up in the rough streets of uh East Los Angeles, right. but yeah, yeah, I think the uh, the picture of him is you know that he had everything handed to him, right. you know, Olympics right. and everything, you know. 
Kind of the same thing, by the way. We'll talk about it, but that's the very same thing with the uh, Lee Wood and Michael Conlon fight mm-hmm. that's coming up, Rick. Yeah. Same thing. Everybody looks at Michael Conlon like that, you know, the kid who, you know, gold, golden spoon, yeah. being given everything, and Lee Wood is kind of like, you know, the, the tough guy, the guy that had to work his way up. That's mm-hmm. why that fight's going to be so interesting, by the way. Yeah. But anyways, round four, there you go, Rick, one of the classic fights. There's a documentary out. I haven't seen it, but I will check it out this week mm-hmm. now, now that I know it's out. Um, we'll be right back. We'll get into all the fights that took place, break them down, the fights that are coming up. We have a good weekend of fights that are coming up. Um, and then, of course, everything that happened over the weekend for Rick and I. Pacific Coast Boxing, we'll be right back. Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz. Rick Prado are back. You know, one of the things, Rick, uh, we didn't do the podcast yes last week on Valentine's. We did it on a Tuesday, uh-huh. but um, and it wouldn't have fallen in the right round, anyways. But um, but I forgot to bring up that yeah, last week I wanted to talk about the uh, what was called the Valentine's Day massacre when Sugar Ray Robinson uh, knocked out Jake Lamata, Rick, mm-hmm. in their classic six fight battle, knocked him out February fourteenth, nineteen fifty one. That was the uh, Valentine's Day massacre, they called it. Oh wow! Yeah, the one, the, the only fight of their entire uh, six fight saga that uh, Sugar Ray Robinson actually knocked him out, uh-huh. and even wanting to knock him out. You got to remember, Sugar Ray Robinson was the smaller fighter. Yeah, he was more of a welterweight. That's why he's considered one of the best welterweights of all time. He had to move up to middleweight, and Jake Lamada was a big natural middleweight. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, man, that was the. Uh, and all these, all these, you know, sports terms, right? The other one I remember is the Memorial Day massacre. Okay. When the Celtics beat the Lakers. Yeah. That was a big one too, man. Yeah. Yeah. How so, long ago was that? That was in the 80s. I don't, okay. I don't forget which year. I think that was 84, 85. Okay. One of those years. But yeah, they killed the Lakers by oh. 21 points on a Monday. So yeah, they, the Memorial Day Massacre. <laughs> it's funny how these things get named, you know? Yeah. So yeah. But, um, I mean, we kind of seen some massacres over the weekend mm-hmm. here, Rick. Um from a boxing perspective. So let's get into the fights that we saw. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, we'll start with Friday night. You know, in the, in yeah. the Thompson uh, boxing, uh, we had uh, Ruben Ace Torres. Yeah. You know, getting a um, knockout victory. Yep. Uh, looked very impressive and, um, you know, looking for big things, you know, from Yeah. Yeah, I was reading uh, some of his, you know, the post-interview, and he's saying that, uh, you know, he won a version of the WBC title, right? Mm -hmm. Which is great, right? You're not you're not going to, you know, certainly, you know, give it back. It's it's a it's a belt. Yeah. But obviously, that's not the world title, not the one he's looking for. But I think, you know, we were talking about it on the way back is that. You know, Thompson Boxing Promotions also had Ruben Villa, right? Uh-huh. And they stepped him up against Emmanuel Navarrete. And, you know, remember I told you, I called it. He gave Emmanuel Navarrete mm-hmm. a much closer fight than anybody thought. Yeah. Coincidentally, we haven't seen Ruben Villa since. Yeah. No idea where the heck he's at. Hopefully he's doing okay. But I think they're going to do the same thing. And, you know, maybe they're a little bit more cautious. Because that was really a big step up for Ruben Villa. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that, you know, maybe you cuz what's he fighting at 135? 135, but 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 a tall 135. Pounder. He's 5'11". Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, you there there's plenty of guys there. He's hoping that he gets bump he gets moved into the top 15. Mm-hmm. And by the way, when you look at the top 15 and all four sanctioning bodies, he could easily be top 10. Yeah. To be honest with you because I think a lot of, and by the way, he fought beautifully. Yeah. No, look, look, very impressive, and yeah, uh, 
you know, I think, yeah, they'll probably bring him along, um, you know, pretty uh, slowly. Yeah. You know, another, uh, you know, Zaur, we'll get to him, but um, Abdulayev, yeah. you know, who beat Jorge Linares. Right. You know, he's right there in that um, 10 to 15 range. Right, right. You know, so, you yeah. know, could be a possibility, you know, they meet. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like I said, there's a lot of, you know, we know who the, the main lightweights mm-hmm. are, of course, right? Davis, Cambosas, Ryan Garcia, uh, Lomachenko. But there's all these other guys that are quality fighters that I think that Ruben Torres can certainly compete in beat. Yeah. Now, is he ready to compete, you know, on that level with the Devin Haney's, Davis, Cambosas, you know, Ryan Garcia? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say that, I'm not saying he can. I'm just saying I don't know. Yeah. Which is why we need to kind of see him step up, right? Yeah, yeah, no, um, but you know, I think they're bringing him along slowly. I think, uh, yeah. I, I think it's pretty good. You know, I think now he's uh, eighteen and 0, 17 and zero. Yeah, um, but you know, he's still only twenty two. So right. you know, there's no uh, rush. You know, I'd maybe give him a year or two, and yeah. then and then see where where we're at at that point. I think so. You know, I think you have to incrementally step him up, but at the mm-hmm. same time, it is a business, right? Yeah. And he's a prize fighter, so obviously there's the, you know, monetary compensation that he's going to look at, and there's only so much money that you make in the eight-rounders, Rick. Yeah. So you need, you know, at the end of the day, right, um, you need the 12-rounders. hmm So we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah, also we, we talked earlier that, you know, both Zarate brothers um, yeah. they lost their fights. Um, yeah. Definitely looked like the first... Um, knockout of uh, Ivan Zarate kind of affected his brother, yeah. Isaac. Yeah. Um, but uh, Sean Brewer, look, you know, looked impressive. Sean Brewer looked really good yeah. out of Vegas. You know, um, yeah, he heard him early. Now I tell you, right, only because I'm I'm right there ringside, mm-hmm. uh, you know, taking taking pictures. Um, Ivan Zarate was headbutted. Yeah. And I'm not making excuses for him, but I don't know. I would have loved to have asked him after and say how much did that affect you because he got headbutted pretty good. Yeah. It was right in front of me. I mean, these guys are inches away from me so I can see them. Either way, take nothing away. It was Sean Brew. It was a great knockout. I thought that Ivan fought a little um, a little carelessly. Yeah. Right, kind of flailing away. I thought if he would have boxed him, I think he could have broken Sean Brewer down late, you know, later in the rounds. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen. As far as his brother goes, his brother, it just from the very opening yeah. just looked lethargic. Yeah. I don't know what was going on there, man. Definitely looked, um, you know, just a little off. Um, you know, hard to explain, you know, but, uh, this, it, yeah. it was a rematch between, uh, yeah. him and Horatio Garcia, That's right. you know, um, who had had a few year layoff actually to yeah. come back and, 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 and pick up this win. Yep. Um, getting back to Sean Brewer though, you know, I did notice, you know, when he went into the ring, he did the yeah. Pacific coast boxing entrance where That's right. you know, he went under the rope, back yeah. under the rope and then back in into yeah. the ring. I don't know who started that, by yeah. the way. Like, I don't know when that, you know, that particular yeah. habit started, but I do know that you do it every time that you come in here to the studio. Yeah. No, no, you know? definitely. May it's... have to put it on video one of these days uh-huh. and post it to Instagram just yeah. to show people. Yeah. But it worked for him. Yeah. When, when I saw that, I said, you know what? We, we could have an upset right here. That's exactly right. And there it was. There it was. He, by the way, Rick, it's right in front of me. You saw where I, my camera uh-huh. spot was for this particular yeah. fight. He he was like literally, you know, yeah, just a few inches when he was doing that. Yeah. I said, hey, that's pretty cool. I is. said, I knew Rick's going to watch this. <laughs> and you did. I did. I saw it. Um, <laughs> and then uh, another in another fight, uh, Luis Lopez um, Won a scored a majority decision over uh, Christian Dominguez. And, yeah. And Lopez was down twice in that first round. Yeah, easily the fight of the night yeah. as far as from a competitive perspective. And, you know, yo, yeah, he goes down twice, doesn't look good, mm-hmm. right? The beginning of the end. 
and the resilience, the toughness to hang in there. What a performance. Now, I don't recommend this, that Luis Lopez does this. Yeah. Every fight, you know, again, a little careless, got caught with some good shots. But, you know, but the right guy won. Yeah. Hell of a no, fight. Yeah, definitely. The pride of Corona, I think they... Uh, That's right, man. That's right. I like that. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll get into the uh, the fights on Saturday. Um, we'll start with the ones we went to. Uh, the yeah. Hami Mugia. Yeah. You know, TKO, third round over Demetrius Ballard. Yeah. Um, you know, he looked impressive, but, you know, Ballard was there. Yeah. So that he would look impressive. Yeah. I mean, it was non-competitive, right? Mm-hmm. But but who cares? Yeah. Right. Because this was his homecoming. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, right after the fight. Right. They didn't even interview Mungia. Uh, they did after. But I'm saying right yeah. after the fight, he picks up the microphone, speaks to his fans. Right. Thanks them. Mm-hmm. Um, so just an amazing scene. Like I said, I don't care. This was more about Jaime Mungia, what he's accomplished, coming back home, almost like a gift back to the fans. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, I'm okay with that. Hey, man, Ballard was undefeated. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We saw him fight at the Honda Center, very uneventful, right? Uh-huh. Kind of lackluster. Uh, boring is the word that I'm really trying mm-hmm. to use to describe the fight. Um, so, you know, he's beaten a lot of other fighters. Yeah. Um, but so I liked it. Again, and I thought we talked about it earlier in the opening segment. Just an amazing place to see a fight, Rick. Yeah. You know, um, and by the way, no extracurricular activities in the stands. No, nothing, no security, no nothing. You just, yeah, you know, no, no issues. Nothing like Ruiz and mm-hmm. Ariola. And and this is, you know, mm-hmm. there's not assigned seating. You know, right. the section we were in was kind of like first come first serve. That's you right. Know, you come that's in, right. pick your seat, mm-hmm. and usually that's when you have the issues. Right. Not here, man. Not yeah, no. here. You know, everybody that we sat around, right. Mm-hmm. Super friendly, yeah. right? Um, you know, kind of pretty interesting, right? You go there, they check you for everything, and, you know, you can carry everything, but not a pack of cigarettes, right? Yeah, not a pack of cigarettes. Uh, you know, yeah. fans all very supportive. You That's know, we, right. we, we had one guy translating when yep. when we needed translation, and one That's guy right. that was able to convert the money. Yeah, you know, from, the, mo- from the money exchanges to, uh, this. Dollar. Yeah, and we figured out, just in case if anybody's going over yeah. there, here's the simple way. A hundred pesos is five bucks. Yeah. So that's kind of, you know, use that as as your foundation and mm-hmm. then you go from there. But yeah, man, amazing uh scene. Um again, good the fans were yeah. good, the fights, you know, the fights. were good. I, I think the second fight there uh probably stole the night or the sorry, the the third fight in. Uh-huh. The one that was on the zone, I'll say, right? The second fight on the zone, Diego Torres Nunes mm-hmm. undefeated, still undefeated, yeah. but Jonathan Escobedo Martinez, right? Gave him all he could handle. Yeah, one one over the crowd, you know, a lot of a lot of uh Escobedo fans. Without a doubt, you know, the uh, got the loudest ovation, mm-hmm. right? Of all of the fighters other than Jaime Munguia. Yeah. And again, but that's how it is, right? It's a working class town. They appreciate the fighters that continue to keep going. Diego Torres Nunes gets deducted a point, you know, yeah. which Diego Chico Corrales should have been for throwing out his mouthpiece, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, but Diego, this Diego Torres Nunez was deducted a point. Yeah. Um, still went on to win, but that was probably the fighter of the night, right? Yeah. If, if they had to give an award out. Yeah. Also, you know, William Zapata looked uh, really impressive in his yeah. uh, knockout um, of the, uh, I think it was the third round. Yeah. Uh, he he ended up knocking him out, um, and he's now I think twenty five and zero with uh, twenty three knockouts. Yeah, El Camarón Cepeda. That is the uh, second time that we've seen him uh-huh. live, right? Because he was on the undercard of Munguia and uh, Rosado yep. at the Honda Center, and he looks impressive, right? And I think they're going to set him up now. There's a guy right there. We were talking about Ruben Torres. There's a hundred thirty five pounder. 
Yeah, you know, right. just looking at the rankings, uh, you know, Zapata's at uh, six right now in, in in a couple of them. So, yeah. you know, he's he's up there and um, you yeah. know, looking to fight, um, you know, some of these guys up at the top. Yeah, see, he, but he's another one, right, that not a lot of quality fighters on his resume no. yet, right? Yeah. And again, you know, yeah, do I think he can beat Comey or any of these guys? I don't know. I'm not Comey, mm-hmm. but but the, but the top guys, he probably could be Comey. Yeah. But, um, yeah, very impressive. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, also on Saturday, you know, Saturday morning, you know, I woke up early. Yeah. Um, you know, watched a couple of, of the fights, but yeah. uh, the main event was uh, Zaur Abdulayev. Yeah. Versus uh, Jorge Linares. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, you know, Jorge Linares locked out in the twelfth uh, round. Yeah. Um, El Nino de Oro, Rick. I think this is it. Yeah. Like we talked about it, right? His better days are over. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing fighter. At his at his best, right? Uh, nobody boxed as smooth as he did at the lightweight division yeah. here over the last five to ten years. But clearly, he's on the other side, yeah. Rick. Yeah, it just um, the, the other guy was bigger. Yeah. Um, you know, a tough, durable. You know, he had a good chin, so he wasn't going anywhere. And um, you know, just from watching the fight, I think it was either in the third or the fourth round, he caught Linares. You know, with with, with a good punch. And Lenars was just kind of hesitant the, the whole rest of the night. Yeah. Um, his his chin has always been his biggest downfall. Right. And um, you know it 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 hurt him in the in the twelfth round. You know I was watching the stream, and unfortunately uh, ESPN Plus had issues. Yeah. So the whole tw- right before the twelfth round, you know it it, it cut. So I had to yeah. catch the replay on my phone. Yeah. You know, um, and it turned out he got knocked down twice in the third round, and then. Uh, he was hurt badly on the ropes, and the refs uh, stopped it. Yeah, and that's too bad, by the way. Yeah. Too bad, meaning not about Linares. I already covered that. Yeah. Too bad about the dang streaming uh-huh. and how it cuts out that way. That's the problem with these streaming services. Because yeah. sometimes you could have a good internet connection, mm-hmm. but they may not have a good internet connection to their server who's feeding your server, yeah. who's feeding your device, and that's what we get. Yeah, you know, it was unfortunate. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, when we are driving down to TJ, we had the uh, – Amir Khan, Kell Brook. It's probably, you know, some, started sometime around yeah. 2.30, 3 o'clock, somewhere in there. Yeah. And, um, you know, Amir Khan knocked out. Yeah, you know, again, big buildup, right? Mm-hmm. 17 years in the making for this fight, right? Two guys that don't like each other. Um, Amir Khan seemingly doing, you know, getting a lot more personal, right, mm-hmm. with the talk. Um, and, again, this is another one that was, you know, non-competitive. In fact, it was one-sided, man. Yeah. Um, you know, as one, as they said on the telecast, Rick, um, it wasn't about, you know, what each fighter had, but who had the most left. Yeah. It's really, what was it, <laughs> what was it about? And I, and that question was answered. Kel Brook had the most left. Yeah. Okay. Not only have the most left, but you know, you got Chris Eubanks Jr. Calling him out after Connor you got ben. Connor Ben. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. You know, let the guy have a, a little bit of a victory lap after this. Yeah. Um, you know, again, we found out, right, that Khan is done. Khan is done, yeah. You know, and, and I'm a, a, a big Amir Khan fan. Yeah. You know, I was, I was hoping he was yeah. going to pull this one out. Uh, but no, yeah, he, he's, he's got nothing left, you know, n- nothing yeah. left to prove. You know, yeah. why, why take another fight and probably get knocked out again? Yeah, and, you know, you think he's done en- enough with his money and invested mm-hmm. it, right? He's not somebody who's going to be chasing the money. His legacy is well established. You know, he, uh, yeah, he just didn't look good, man. No. From the very beginning. No. I think he had maybe a round or two, 
where he'd land, but he just he looked slow, he looked lethargic, and that's when you know, right? When they don't, you don't need, when you don't even see flashes, and and it's of a, them, Rick, and he's a speed guy. That's and what when I'm he saying. doesn't have the speed, right? Then, then he's got no shot, right? There wasn't even moments where I'm like, there it is. It was like I didn't see it. We wanted to see it, yeah. And and it seemed like even around the third round, Timothy yeah. Bradley was already, you know, yeah. hey, this fight is over, yeah. You know, and Andre Ward was kind of you know echoing the same statement, yeah. You know? This fight is over. We're just waiting yeah. for for when is it going to be over? Yeah, and credit to Cal Brook, you yeah. know, who you know always comes in an amazing shape. Yeah. Did what he had to do. I thought it was cool that they kind of you know gave each other the respect afterwards, mm-hmm. right? And that doesn't mean that they made full amends, but at least they were gentlemen to shake hands yeah. and kind of talk it out. Um, but you know, what does that mean now, right? So again, now Cal Brook is all of a sudden you know, puts himself in the mix. I don't think, obviously, we already saw what happened against, you know, he's lost to both Earl Spence Jr. and mm-hmm. Terrence Crawford, right? Yeah. So he's not going to beat those guys. But there's the whole other group of welterweights yeah. that I think people would like to see him fight against, right? Yeah, and um, I, I do think Conor Bend and Chris Eubank Jr. are good, you know. Yeah. Um, good yeah. fights, you know. If, if they're going to be done, yeah. you know, now's the time to do it. Yeah, I just no. You're right. Like yeah. it would have to be here within the next year before Calbrook really deteriorates, mm-hmm. right? Because again, I don't even I don't see him beating Virgil Ortiz. I don't see no. him beating Jerron Enos, right? Um, I don't even know. You know, does he beat a Keith One Time Thurman? You know, maybe he fights a Danny Garcia, Rick. You know? Yeah. No. Yeah. I. I just. I don't think he beats any of those guys. I think you know. Yeah. Somebody. He's gonna fight somebody up and coming. And, you know, maybe get them before their experience. Yeah. See, that's what yeah. I don't want to see. I don't want yeah. to see somebody make a name yeah. off of Kel Brook. Yeah. I don't need to see that, right? It's too good a fighter, mm-hmm. accomplished too much, right? So I, I don't know. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's pretty much it for uh, this past weekend. Yeah. And with regards to, let's go back to the Munguia real quick, okay. Rick. So, you know, we said, so Munguia beats Ballard, right? It was very easy. Yeah. Who cares? It was a TJ. And it was all worth it. What does he go now? Right? Uh, yeah, th- th- that's probably the big uh, the big issue. You know, I think um, he's sitting there at one sixty. Um, a lot of the guys that are make good opponents for yeah. him, yeah. are all moving up. Demetrius yeah. Andrade's moving up. Yeah, you know, Triple G's already locked in with he's going to fight Murata in April. Then maybe uh, Then possibly Canelo in September. Yeah. Um, you know the uh, Charlo. You know he. You know who knows who he's gonna fight. Yeah. But he's probably moving up here soon as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So it, it could be that like the landscape is just wide open for yeah a uh, Jaime Munguia to kind of pick up these belts that these guys are kind of like you know leaving yeah. at uh, at one sixty. Um. But it is definitely time for them to step him up. Yeah. Because he's been beaten like the. The Golden Boy kind of leftovers, yeah. the, the Rosados, the Torino Johnsons, yeah. the Gary O'Sullivan's, the yeah. Dennis Hogan's, the Liam Smith's. Yeah. I'm, I'm starting to seeing those guys. I, yeah. I need to start seeing some better guys. Spike O'Sullivan, right? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, but you're right. But here's the thing: those guys were, you know, quality prize fighters that had good records and were beating. Mm-hmm. So you're right, though. He's kind of past that hurdle, is what you're saying, yeah. right? Um, Gabriel Rosado was probably his last major test, right? Yeah. So here's the thing. The WBO champion, Demetrius Andrade, is no longer there. So technically, that championship is vacant. Uh-huh. He's ranked number one in the WBO. Okay, number okay. two is Janabek Alamkunali. Mm-hmm. And then number three is Chris Eubank Jr. Okay. So 
How about a Chris Eubank Jr. and Jaime Munguia fight yeah. for the WBO title? No, that yeah, I, definitely. I think that's the most likely of scenarios. Yeah, no, that would be great. You know, just um, I, I think he needs to fight for a world title and um, you know go from there. I'm still not, and I told you before, you know, after the Rosado fight, I'm still not convinced of his style. Mm-hmm. I think he gets hit too much. I think right now, Rick, he gets by on youth, uh-huh. right, and energy, yeah. and and the sustainability of that. I think if you run into somebody who can really can really box, because yeah. um, I think it was I think it was it Liam Smith that was picking him apart mm-hmm. early on, but Liam Smith was just too small. Yeah, and he finally succumbed to his you know size and power, etc. But I'll tell you the fight that I thought would have been really interesting, and like you said, it's probably not going to happen. Was was against Triple G. Yeah, no, I, and that's the guy he's calling out right now. But uh, yeah, you know, there's no way Triple G passes up the opportunity to fight Canelo. You can't, you know, you to, can't to fight. You know, he's not going to wait around. And then by the time, you know, Triple G, who's probably going to get knocked out by Canelo if he gets to that fight, yeah, you know, I don't think he's going to come down and fight again. I think you know, yeah. Triple G, he's at that age where he kind of gets that Canelo money, yeah, and, and retires. But I'll tell you what, you know, like we talked about it last week. I kind of see, like, if Triple G, even after that, or now gets the opportunity with mm-hmm. Munguia, I kind of see the the Iran Barkley, Roberto Duran, Rick. Yeah. That's kind of what I see. You know, when Roberto Duran beat him mm-hmm. and dropped Iran Barkley, I kind of see the same thing, yeah. where I think that would be like Triple G's, you know, just like the, 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 the last, the exclamation mark on a Hall of Fame career. Yeah. If they could make it happen, because there's nobody else that I see uh, Triple G matching up with but um but for Jaime Munguia yeah I think it's got to be a Chris Eubank Jr. um or again Charlo but I'm telling you what man I wouldn't feel good about him fighting Charlo no and I don't think they're going to be in any kind of rush to 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 put him up against Charlo I think yeah they're kind of waiting Charlo out and letting him you know get up to 168 and then you know maybe uh Munguia you know kind of tries to clean out the division because it's not once Charlo leaves, yeah. and Andre's already gone, yeah, it there, there's a bunch of fighters that he should be able to beat. No, that's your exact. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Chris Eubank Jr., ranked number one yeah. in the WBA. You got you know Carlos Adames, who's already lost to Patrick Teixeira, mm-hmm. but some but seemingly is back in the mix. You know, you got Sergio Martinez hanging around at number four, Rick. Oh no, on the WBA. But no, you're right. So he, I mean, you could even talk at his age, although he's already had a lot of fights. You know, Mungia's what like 39 and 0. Or something like that. Yeah. Like, this is not a guy, so, or 38, no. But, you know, yeah, so so the middleweight division is there for the taking, Mm -hmm. is what we're saying. All right, Rick. Great weekend of fights. We got some fights coming up next weekend. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll get to that. Pacific Ghost Boxing. Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back. Again, don't forget to hit us up, PacificCoastBoxing.com. You can email us directly from there, or if you want to email us just directly, directly, counterpunch at PacificCoastBoxing.com, Twitter at Pat Coast Boxing, Facebook, Pacific Coast Boxing, and Instagram at Pacific Coast Boxing. So, yeah, we're not going to put another list on there, not for a little bit, Rick, but that... Uh, I haven't seen if we got any more feedback on our great top ten list, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought I thought I thought it was legit. 
Um, all right, Rick, we got some fights coming up this weekend. Mm-hmm. Big one across the pond, Rick. Yeah, uh, we've got uh, from Glasgow, Scotland. Uh, yep. It's on ESPN+. Plus. Yep. You've got Josh Taylor versus uh, Jack Catterall yeah. for the unified 154-pound titles. 140. Or 100, yeah, 140. 140, yeah. yeah. Um, first time, by the way, first time in the modern era that there's going to be a unification mm-hmm. uh, a fight held in Scotland, Rick. Oh wow! Yeah, so that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, so the big this is a big fight. Okay, mm-hmm. so overseas it's a big fight for us as boxing fans, but over there it's even bigger. Okay, so Jack Catterall from you know from Chorley, Lancashire from the UK, um, Josh Taylor from Edinburgh, Scotland. Also, in, uh, it technically in the United Kingdom, not technically, it's in it's in the UK. Um, Taylor, the 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 senior of them, at thirty one years old. Um, Catterall, 28. Both Southpaws, Rick. Okay. Catterall undefeated at 26 and 0. Josh mm-hmm. Taylor undefeated at 18 and 0. Um, I have not found a single boxing pundit or anybody I that I talk to who understands and knows boxing who's picking Jack Catterall, Rick. So everything's leaning toward Josh Taylor. Yeah, no, I think um you know, this is uh, one of the uh, mandatories, you know, yeah. so he definitely, you know, he has to fight this guy. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I, Josh, Josh Taylor, uh, you know, the best at 140. So, uh, he's going to win this fight. I, I, I think by knockout sixth or seventh round. Yeah, I think so too. I think it'll be a knockout. I think it'll be a unanimous decision. Um, Jack Catterall, by the way, hasn't fought since 2020. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't help his cause either. No. Um, Josh Taylor, um, of course, who beats Jose Luis Ramirez for the 140 pound, you know, unification fight. Um, you know, we both have him in our top ten. It'll be good just to see him back in the ring, mm-hmm. right? Um, we haven't seen him in a while, so yeah, uh, it's going to be uh, Josh Taylor, Rick. If you're talking about the money, um, big time, he's favored at minus 1350. Okay, so that's that's pretty big. Yeah, pretty big margin. Yeah, and, and I feel pretty safe. At, you know, that'll be the lock of the week. That's your lock of the week. Yeah. Okay. Wow. You got another fight that you can pick at, at lock of the week. By the way, both of them are even numbers. Yeah. Okay, but that's gonna be a good fight. Uh, what time is that fight gonna be on, Rick? Do you know? Uh no. But I, I'm assuming probably midday. Yeah. You know, I, I can double check that. Because I gotta uh, plan. I gotta plan my Saturday for that yeah. one. I definitely <laughs> want to see that. Yeah, because those are the kind of fights, by the way, that it's not just the fight; it's the event. It's mm-hmm. the arena. It's the fans. I mean, these people know, Rick, how to how to put on a boxing match. And like I said, on my bucket list, before I'm all done, I have to go there to watch a fight. Yeah. Because it, it's no different than what we just did going down to TJ. You, you want to go there mm-hmm. to see one of these fights. No, yeah. When he, yeah definitely uh, have to make it out to there. Um, also, this weekend, we've got uh, from Las Vegas on Showtime, we've got Chris Colbert versus uh, Late Replacement, yeah. know, Hector Luis Garcia. Yeah. Yeah, that's unfortunate because yeah. that's not who he was going to fight. Not that it matters because Chris Colbert would have won anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about Chris Colbert right a week ago. He's right there, right? He's mm-hmm. on the doorstep, I think. Talent-wise, he's top 10 pound for pound. Yeah. He just doesn't have the resume and he hasn't beaten enough fighters. But this is a, an extremely talented fighter mm-hmm. that you know I'm going to watch it simply because you get to watch one of the best fighters on the planet. Yeah. But he's another one, Rick, that you know sooner than later... He's in that tough 130-pound division. Um, we need to see him against some of the top guys. Yeah. And, I mean, here's the thing, right? Um, and I don't think they would do it, but, you know, let's have the winner of Valdez and Shakur Stevenson fight Chris Colbert. Mm-hmm. That'd be a hell of a fight. 
no, yeah, you know, would love to see it. Uh, you know, I, I, little the things that make it tough. You know, uh, the Pete Colbert being with uh, PBC. Yep. And um, Valdez is with uh, Top Rank. Yeah, so Shakur. So Shakur, yeah. right? So there you go. But that's ideally what would happen because mm. you know IBF, you know Kenichi Ogawa and the WBA. Roger Gutierrez, that was going to, Roger Gutierrez, who holds the WBA belt, that was going to be the original opponent yeah. for Chris Colbert. So I don't, is there a title on the line on this one then? It's a WBA junior lightweight eliminator. Another eliminator. Yeah. yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah. An eliminator of the eliminator. Of the eliminator, yeah. Unbelievable. Um, also on this card, we have uh, Gary Antoine Russell versus yeah. uh, Victor Postol. Yeah. Uh, junior welterweights. Yeah, which we haven't seen either one of those guys in a while, right? Yeah. And none of the Russells seemingly fight very often anyways. No. But, yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, also from uh, Dubai yeah. this weekend, you know, which thankfully it's not on TV, but yeah. Guillermo Rigando yeah. versus Vincent Astrolabio. Yeah. Uh, 12 rounds, Bantamweights. And that's taking place over there? Yeah. Probably that's the only reason, right, is, is they're fighting in the other guy's hometown. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Yeah. We're, we're still waiting for Rigondeaux to throw a punch. Yeah. You know, from the last time he fought. <laughs> yeah. Right? And wasn't it a record of the least amount of punches yeah. thrown? Talk about the most least entertaining fighter in the history of fighting. It's him. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and you you probably go into the sport not wanting to be that. No. that Yeah. 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 I mean, but he was a Cuban, right? Cuban who, who obviously did well in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's one of those things. Like, you'd, weather, you'd rather watch paint dry yeah. than watch this guy fight. Yeah, um, I did find a time for the uh, Josh Taylor fight. Yeah, um, the telecast starts at um, well two p.m. Eastern time. Okay, so we're talking like eleven. Yeah, eleven uh, for here. us. Yeah, and then uh, the main event scheduled for two p.m. Pacific okay. time. Very nice. That's not too bad. No, no, not too bad. Yeah, um, and that's it for the uh, the schedule for the weekend. All right, as far as the big fights that are coming up. All right, we'll take a quick break and we'll get to all the boxing news. Really want to talk about the heavyweight division. Um, I think it's finally starting to clear up as far as what's going to happen yeah. and who's fighting what and then everything else. Pacific Coast Boxing, we'll be right back. Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back here on a February 21st, mm-hmm. just like that, man. Yeah, you yeah know, Monday evening. Almost going to be done with the uh, first quarter of the year. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, all right, Rick, we got a lot of stuff going on in the world of boxing. So, yeah, we'll start with the heavyweight division. You know, yeah. Tyson Fury, Dillian White. Today was the deadline, and the fight was signed for uh, today. And uh, the fight will take place April 23rd at Wembley Stadium. Yeah, I mean, what a mess, right? So mm-hmm. you got White that was holding out. He didn't want the – there was the 20% – that he wasn't agreeable to, mm-hmm. right? And 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 I got to be honest with you, right? I'm a little put off by Dillian White even trying to play hardball. Yeah. Here's a guy. Yes, okay. So suppose you know he's not supposedly he's been waiting and waiting to you know because mm-hmm. he's the mandatory. But he lost to Povetkin. Yeah. He got knocked out. That was on him. Mm-hmm. Okay, if he would have beat Povetkin the first time, he'd have a lot more credibility. Mm-hmm. Okay, but he loses. He gets knocked out. That caused some of the delays for him as well. Yeah. No, and, and, and it's not a fight that, uh, you know, I, I know what he's doing. He's, he's looking for the biggest deal for yeah. himself because of course. he's going to lose this fight. Yeah, you that's know, right. He's going to get knocked out. Yeah. And then, you know, kind of where does he go from there? 
No, you're exactly right. Like, this is it. Yeah. And, and I don't know who he's fooling or, you know, what he's thinking. Like, we don't see him as world class as far as at, at Tyson Fury's level. No. Yeah, he's more than likely going to get knocked out. Yeah. Okay, if, if if an old, you know, I don't know how old he was, Rick, 53-year-old Povetkin, uh-huh. okay, can land, right? I think it was a left hook. With with zero movement. You know, right, just, just kinda... a slow plodding, yeah. right? Um, yeah, Fury, 6'9", jab, big right. Mm. This isn't not going to last long. No. So I, I don't know what, again, but you're right. He, he's, you know, from the business perspective, he's doing the right thing posturing, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, because this will be his one moment. But I'm glad that that happened, right? So hopefully, from the heavyweight perspective, right, which should be the premier division in boxing, right? You know, Jack Dempsey, Rocky Marciano, Joe Lewis, Larry Holmes, Muhammad Ali. Like, this is boxing. You know, this is the one division that we shouldn't Mm -hmm. be messing around with, making the fights, man. Yeah. But we are. So, okay. So what happens on the other side then? We hope we get Usyk. And Anthony Joshua. Yeah, and I still we don't have a date. You know, it's just kind of like right. You know, we get nothing. Knows? You know, we we don't know who's training Anthony Joshua. Like right, you know, nothing is that's, nothing set up yet. No, that's exactly right. You know, he's taking step aside money. Mm-hmm. He comes. No, I'm not taking any step aside because that's the thing. They were setting yeah. money to him and Dillian White so that we can get an undisputed. And by the way, I still think from Anthony Joshua. No. That would have been the best course. Yeah. Because I th- I still think that he can beat Usek if they fight again. But if I'm Anthony Joshua, I probably have a better shot against Fury than I do against Usek. Yeah. So let those two guys have the fight. I'll take the 15 million, whatever they were giving mm-hmm. them, to step aside. Gives me more opportunity to train, more opportunity to prep. And then I fight yeah. the winner of that for, yeah. the, for all the marbles, baby. Yeah, right? def- definitely would have made you know a lot more sense. You know, even even have like a, a, a tune up fight. Yeah, you know, to get used to the new trainer if if he's gonna. It's a very good use point, one, Rick. You know, and then you know go from there. That is a very good point. Gives him more time to get used to that trainer. Yeah, yeah give him a you know put him in against a ham and egger, get him a win. Although I do understand that you know Eddie Hearn, right, the promoter, saying yeah. hey, there's no guarantee that the winner no. of Usek and Fury would have given us AJ. Either way, right, again, if there's one division that we shouldn't be, you know, clowning around with and posturing and trying to figure out who's who, playing Keystone Cops, it's the heavyweight division. Yeah. So ideally, Fury beats um, Dillian White, which he should, mm-hmm. and then Usek fights AJ, and we get the, both of those guys to yeah. fight. Except, of course, right, we read in the news Fury talking about within a year, Mm-hmm. Fighting uh, the MMA guy, I forget his so, Nagano. Yeah, Francis Nagano. Right. Uh, supposedly in Vegas, um, it'll be February or March of 2023. That's the one thing, right? As much credit as I give to Jake Paul for yeah. what he's accomplished, and you know, because he is. I don't care what anybody mm-hmm. says. He's a credible boxer. He works out, and he makes a ton of money. And at the end of the day, this is called prize fighting. Yeah. But that's the one thing. Okay. So Jake Paul, and I know he's listening because this is a huge podcast. The one thing I'll say is that he did murky the waters, Rick, as far as um, creating these kind of fights that are not really true boxing fights, Mm -hmm. but they make more money, right, than Fury fighting somebody regular. And let's be honest, there's zero to minimal risk in Fury fighting an MMA guy. No. He blasts him. No, he blasts him, and, you know, know, Nganu had a—I think he just had knee surgery. So if he's unable to move in there, you know, yeah. Tyson Fury's going to pick him apart. Yeah. So that that's the one. That's the only thing I'll say with the whole Jake Paul yeah. deal. Everything else I love. I love that he's got Amanda Serrano. I love that he's, you know, upping the game and putting pressure. But 
these are the things. He creates these other, you know, parallel lanes yeah. to regular traditional boxing matches. And if I'm a fighter, I get the business side of it, but I don't like it from the traditional boxing sense, yeah. Rick. Yeah, no, it's not good. Um, we've got uh, Tim Zhu has offered yeah. to step in and face uh, Jermel Charlo because yeah. uh, Castano's out. Yeah, well, they've got a lot of issues, right, because mm-hmm. they technically were waiting. They they were Castano's mandatory Yeah, is the thing, right? And then, um, you know, they worked out a deal where they were going to go ahead and wait for Castano to fight Jermel Charlo. Now, unfortunately, right, uh, Castano, that fight is delayed. And the sanctioning yeah. bodies, by the way, WBO, they're asking. They're saying, hey, Castano, we want to see proof. Yeah. We actually want to see that you can't fight, mm-hmm. right? And so, yeah, so you've got Zeus sitting there. Who was his? Who uh, was his mandatory? Right, is saying, yeah, I, I, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, no, and, and and if he's you know offering to do it, you know, I would love to see it. You know, yeah. and, uh, he's been impressive. You know, against you know the people he's been fighting, but um, you know he, he's ranked number one, number three, and a couple of the other uh, yeah. sanctioning bodies. So, right. you know, why not? Well, he's been the mandatory. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's yeah. been the mandatory for the WBO for quite some time. And so now he's looking and saying, well, if Castano can't fight, yeah. then let me be the opponent. Mm-hmm. And who knows, by the way, that whole thing with Brian Castano, hopefully it is real simple and he comes back. But, man, that, and by the way, that's right here in L.A., like you said, right? Yeah. That's at the, I think it was at the SoFi. Yeah. Um, no, not at the SoFi. It was at the, the, new, uh, the, the new Staples Center. Yeah, the... Uh, the cryptocurrency, the whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, um, the news this week has been uh, Canelo, yeah, um, either taking the hundred million dollar offer to fight Charlo Benavides, yeah, or the eighty five million dollar offer to fight Bivol Triple G. Uh, he's leaning more towards the Bivol Triple G, but um, you know those might not be the best two fights that we want to see. Yeah, from a boxing fan's perspective, mm-hmm. let's be honest, we want Charlo and Benavides. Yeah. Those are the, you know, the best guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Charlo's the best at 160, and at 168, you could arguably say that Benavides is the uh, the best opponent. Obviously, Demetrius yeah. Andre just moved up, but Benavides has been there for a while. The other side, you know, you got Bivol, who's mm-hmm. more the light hitting. We talked about that light heavyweight, right? Biterbiev, who I had number nine in my top ten, you know, pound for pound mm-hmm. list. Every opponent he's fought, he's knocked out, right? And then you got the the aging Triple G. Yeah. So yes, okay. So you know, yeah, from a competitive perspective, yeah, the first one is the one we want and legacy. Yeah. So I, it's I'm, I'm curious. You think they're trying to they're trying to bump the money? I, up. I think they're trying to bump the money up. You know, the other thing is uh, the zone is uh, announced. You know, fairly recently is. You know they're also going to be doing DAZN pay per views. Yeah. So like even though you're paying you know the yeah. monthly subscription, yeah, they're going to have add a pay per view cost. That's interesting. On top of it. Yeah, that's interesting. You know. By the way, speaking of DAZN, there was a uh, a millionaire that just stepped in and threw in like another four billion into DAZN. Oh wow. And supposedly it's like clears them of of any and all debts they had because they've had a lot of financial issues. Yeah. Now they're saying, well, you know, they're the streaming service. Netflix was in financial issues early on as well, mm-hmm. but yeah, this millionaire just threw four point something billion dollars, and so they're clear of debt, and supposedly they're in really good financial shape now. No, oh, well, maybe you know they're looking to sign you know more fighters. Well, we'll see what yeah. happens, but man, I tell you, you know, yeah, you know, we would love to see Charlo mm-hmm. and Benavides again. We don't know what's going to happen now with Charlo in this fin- yeah. in his legal situation. 
But, you know, all that aside, yeah, I don't even, yeah, uh, you know, I don't know why he wants to do the whole light heavyweight and then yeah. be Triple G. Because, again, it looks like we're only going to get Canelo twice this mm-hmm. year. And if we're going to get him twice, the only thing is this, though, right, is that um, Benavides doesn't have a, a, a championship. Yeah. Right? Charlo does, but I don't think that Canelo's going to fight him at 160 anyways. Yeah, it's not going to be. Yeah, not so what does that, that matter? So yeah. Bivol, is that what he wants? He just wants the light heavyweight championship to add another weight class? What would that be, his fifth? Well, he already, I think, already has that one because he beat Kovalev. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's so, right. Um, that's right. You know, so I, I think it's just more, you know, that's the opponent, yeah. you know, and, and Bivol really hasn't shown a lot of power yeah. recently. So No, he doesn't. Um, you He's know, it seems like. Yeah, it seems like that's the easier route, and yeah. and, and that's the way you know he's yeah. kind of gonna go. Um, Triple G Mur- yeah. um, and Murata, it looks like it's gonna be April in Japan. Yeah, and that'll be kind of like, you know, it'll fall in line with the Bivol Triple G. Yeah, you know, Triple G wins in April. You know, he gets that fight in September. Yeah, I mean, and that's what they're lining up. And more than like, here's the thing, though, right? All that being said, with Canelo, mm-hmm. there's no guarantee that Canelo mm-hmm. beats uh, Bivol. No. There isn't. And I personally think that Bivol is more of a risk than Charlo is. Mm-hmm. I think he probably beats Charlo easier than he would Bivol if he beats Bivol. Yeah. Um, and, and the same with, like, of course, yeah, so Triple G, they're basically saying Triple G is going to beat Murata, mm-hmm. which he should, but we'll see how much he's got left on the tank. Yeah. Um, also, too, if that goes to the decision and you're yeah. in Japan, yeah. you, you might not get that decision. Yeah. Um, you've got uh, Lomachenko Kambosis. It looks like. Um, that one's about to be completed. It's going to be a two-fight deal. Uh, both fights will be in Australia. Uh, you know, there'll be a rematch clause where, you know, Lomachenko said, you know, he's even going to stay hmm. in Australia in between fights and train. Yeah. And then, you know, he's he's got to beat Kambosis twice. Yeah. And then, so, yeah, so he's basically already assuming that he's going to beat him. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you what, by the way, I think the numbers in Vegas would show that Lomachenko would be favored. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? Yeah, no, like I, we've I talked so. about, I've got Lomachenko beating him. Yeah, no, I think Lomachenko beats him, you know, yeah. pro- fairly easily. Yeah, and then you know all the complaints on the top ten pound for pound list, yeah. you know, will go away. Hey, I will tell you that I will move him up yeah. to my pound for pound list. I don't know who I'll move off. Uh-huh. Um, actually, I have an idea who's going to move off. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, he definitely will move back in. Like right? if he beats Cambosis, uh-huh. Loma's back in. All right. Yep. Um. Yeah, another one of your favorite fighters, uh, Yorkie Scamboa, yeah. uh, is going to fight uh, Isaac Pitbull Cruz yeah. April 16th. Um, how does Gamboa keep getting fights? Yeah, I feel like I feel like in, in 10 years, Rick, we're still going to be talking about a Gamboa fight, <laughs> fighting whoever the prospect is, you know, yeah. in 2032. I, that's kind of how I feel about Yorkie Scamboa, mm-hmm. you know. He had the one good showing, all right, that kind of saved him against Gervonta Davis. Yeah. And it was more, you know, what Gervonta Davis didn't do, right, with his lackluster performance than what Gamboa did. And everybody thought, like, Gamboa uh, tore his uh, uh, Achilles or something because yeah. he was kind of just dragging that that's foot right. around. That's right, yeah. Unbelievable, but you know what? Good for Isaac Cruz, right? Hopefully, he makes mm-hmm. some good money out of this. He didn't; he wasn't able to get the Ryan Garcia fight, so that's fine. Yeah. Um, and then we'll finish up with uh, Rocky Three. Yeah, you know, uh, turned uh, forty years old last week. That's crazy. Forty years old, 40 huh? Years old. Unbelievable. Yeah. So it's that you're saying ninety two? No, it had to be like uh, eighty two. Eighty two? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, eighty two. Damn. Yeah, eighty two. That is crazy. Yeah. 
It's, it's, time just flies. Rocky three. You said that was your uh, that was my favorite. That was your favorite, you know, right? You know, you got Hulk Club- Hogan in it. Yeah, you know, it's uh, Clubber Mr. T. Clubber yeah, Lang. Clubber Lang. You know, it. Uh, yeah. Probably my favorite. Yeah, that was the uh, the defining moment. It was when uh, she was in the uh, the hospital room and she said, "There's one thing I want you to do. Remember, uh-huh. win." And then, well, uh, no, no, that was uh, that was part two. Oh, that was part two. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then I've got because, the wrong one. Because uh, what's his name? Mickey was still alive. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, oh, Mickey, that's right. Oh, died what am three. I talking about? Yeah. That's right. He died yeah. after the first Clubber Lang yeah, fight. Yeah, That's fight. right. And I'll tell you what's interesting yeah. is um, we never saw Clubber Lang after that. No, no, he um, right. Yeah, you know, n- never seemed to have fought again. You know, which is kind of weird. You yeah. Know, why was there no trilogy? And, you know, we talk about, you know, the rematch clause that Lomachenko and Cambosas, I, you know, why he didn't ask for a rematch clause. Yeah. You know, he knocked out Rocky pretty badly. Yeah. Didn't make any sense. Good movie, though, Rick. Oh, another thing. Yeah. You know, that uh, how long does it take to get uh, yeah. Mickey to the hospital? Yeah, that's you know, right. He, yeah, that's he's right. He's having a heart attack yeah. or, you know, yeah, something's right. happening. Yeah. You know, they went the whole the whole fight, yeah, and then a good 10, 15 minutes after, yeah. like, you know, doctor, mm-hmm. we've got to get him to the hospital. Yeah, what, where's what? That's what was right. the issue? Yeah, that's right. But the, but he did remember that you know, as far as he's concerned, that Rocky won the fight. Yeah, right. And he when he asked him, yeah. how did it go? Right. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want the fight. No. He's good. He's a good trainer, man. Yeah. All right, we got the stat of the week coming up, and then we will close round. Uh, round four out Pacific Coast Boxing we'll be right back Pacific Coast Boxing Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back of course the stat of the week everybody's favorite little tidbit that they can take Mm -hmm. with them to the water cooler if they're still working at work I know most people are virtual now Rick yeah the way it should be. No, yeah, they definitely, uh, you know, it's, it's changed the work uh, environment. And now that, you know, they're talking about gas, yeah. eventually making it to seven, seven bucks that a is gallon. A, that is unbelievable. Yeah. That oh. is unbelievable, man. <laughs> Could you imagine? Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, you know, that, that that's just crazy, man. Yeah, it's but, a hundred bucks if you fill your tank. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe that. Um, so we'll keep the stat of the week with, yeah. uh, you know, Hyman Mungia. Has a thirty nine and zero record. Yeah. So we're looking at who has the most uh, has the most wins yeah. and is undefeated and current currently fighting right now. Most wins. Yeah. Um, and is undefeated. So yeah, my first thought was Jaime Munguia, not uh, him. Um, is he a champion? He's not a champion. Not at this current. He's fight. not a champion, no. but he's got the most wins. And yeah. why do I think it's like okay? Is it a lower weight division? Is, is it below one hundred and, and uh, sixty? No, higher than one hundred and sixty. It's higher than one hundred and sixty, yeah. and he and he hasn't lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, at Bevel, uh, Peter Bev doesn't have enough fights. No, um, and then Crawford's yeah. third on the list yeah. at thirty-eight. No, yeah, who is it, Rick? Gilberto Ramirez. Oh, Gilberto at, Ramirez. At no 43 kidding. 43-0. No kidding. Yeah. That's right. That's ex- And see, by the way, that says all you need to know. <laughs> right? It is. It all, yeah. all you need to know that I couldn't just pick them out. Yeah. Right? Because I don't know, man. I've told you before, Rick, that I'm, I don't dislike the guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know the guy. But as a fighter, I don't see him as a great fighter. 
No, you know, and, and it's not a who's who of, yeah. of who he's beaten. No, you know, you look that's at, exactly right in that 43 wins. You know, and Jesse I don't know. Jesse Hart? Yeah, Jesse Hart twice. Right. You know, um, Sullivan Barrera after everybody else has beaten him. Um, that's what I'm saying. When your biggest wins are Jesse Hart, and they had to have a rematch because of how well Jesse Hart fought. Yeah. You know, and De La Hoya said he wants to get him past 50 and 0, right? Yeah, you know, it, to to get him, you know, just past to, just to stick it to Mayweather. But depending, yeah, depending on who he fights, yeah, you know, he could get there, you know. But the the champions in his division are yeah. Peter Biev and Pival and Joe Smith. Yeah, and I don't yeah. know if he beats Joe Smith. Yeah, I don't know if he beats Anthony Yarde. Yeah, he's a southpaw. Mm-hmm. And he's a big kid. He's Mexican. Hey, listen, I got nothing against him. Uh-huh. Just not can trust me because you'd be hearing a lot more about him, mm-hmm. right? Than than what you see of him right now. Yeah. But so there he is, the 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 most wins, the undefeated fighter yeah. currently. Amazing. That's a great pull, Rick. Yeah. Great pull. Great podcast. We had a great week this week. I don't know if we're gonna have this boxing action filled week, Rick, the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, it might not. It's going to be hard to top. The stars will have to line up yeah. because we were out late on Friday. Mm-hmm. We were out late on Saturday. I think we got in like at 3-something in the morning, Yeah, right? Border yeah. crossing back was packed. Hurting on Sunday, tired. Yeah, I was extremely <laughs> tired, but you know what? It's all worth yeah. it to put the information out there to entertain the fans all over the world. I see everybody that's listening out in the UK, out in Japan. Love you guys. Drop us an email, counterpunch at PacificCoastBoxing.com. That'll do it for round four. See you next week, Rick. See you next week.